<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Fuck off with that thing already. <laughs> Hello, simpletons. It is Travis Hato here for another week of Simple Minds. I am joined by Justin Bourne. What's up? Conrad Francis. G'day. And Jacob Moffat. Hey, hey. Welcome back, fellas. It's, uh, I missed the last couple of episodes, so I'm excited to, to be back uh, recording and on this beautiful Friday afternoon. What a great day to be alive. You missed some doozies, though. Uh, apparently, the moon landing was uh, uh, pretty shitty. Um, wait till you see the numbers. I think uh, it really, uh, yeah, I think it really took off. It really took off? Wow. <laughs> uh, let's be honest, I, it I landed ha- really well. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened and probably won't. It's out of this world. <laughs> None of this shit was rehearsed. How cool is that? Um, we should change our, we should become comedians. Uh, probably not. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Probably not. Uh, so we're drinking today, just not faithful. I just felt like a beer this afternoon. It's been a um, uh, a long week, so I just went to the old uh, Gay Droid Single Fin. So I've been enjoying these lately. They're such a just a good staple beer to have in your fridge at home. So, cheers. Hello. Cheers again. Alrighty. So today's topic: uh, seven things I've learnt from the first three months of fatherhood. Now, you probably remember a couple of episodes ago from my my episodes, my hosting episodes. Uh, I did the journey to fatherhood, and that was sort of the, the pregnancy and the trying to get pregnant and the, that sort of that journey. Um, this is kind of the encore. Noah, who's about three months, so you're uh, you're right in the thick right of this in at the, the first moment. Three months, so yeah. it's be interesting some of these questions with you. At, and then uh, Conrad, uh, let me tell me about your uh, child. My daughter is nineteen in a couple of days' time. You're too, I've forgotten you're too what young this is to all be, about. You're too young to be have a child that's nineteen. I forgot what sex life is about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Justin's still trying. <laughs> still, sorry, still practicing. Still practicing. Well, he is still practicing. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've just uh, Justin's around. <laughs> just sit out on this one and <laughs> sit back and listen. Well, that's uh, anyway. So. Uh, the, the journey of fatherhood is pretty incredible. Um, I used to ask people, you know, what it's like to be a dad. Uh, and they'll just look at you sort of glazed over. Um, and now I understand. It's so hard to describe uh, the feelings, um, the emotion, um, all that sort of stuff in sort of one line or two lines. It's, it's pretty incredible. I, I'm personally absolutely loving it. I think it's a... Um, Pretty incredible journey and pretty incredible thing um, to bring a, a child or a person into this world and uh, care for them. So, um, just going to go through seven things I've learnt in the first three months. Thanks for tiny, turning the timer on, Conrad. Um, so, <laughs> anyway, so let's start. Let's start with a birth. Uh, if you remember from the last episode, um, the thing that probably I took away from. Uh, talking to everyone else was uh, about trying not to control the birth. Uh, so I really, really went into the whole um, 
journey of the birth. So what happened is we went into labor on the due date, uh, so 9th of March, um, sorry, 8th of March. Um, so went into labor in the evening, so about 10 p.m. Uh, it was pretty pretty amazing. We had a, um, a doula, so a doula is a, uh, a like a birth partner, so... Spirit, she's spiritual, very natural, and that sort of stuff. So, we were provided by the hospital. Or? No, no. So private, though we privately um, sourced a doula. Yes, a doula. So uh, pretty incredible, very, very cool. It's a great support for a male actually as well because you don't have a lot of experience in that situation, and, and the doula has. You know, she's been around sort of two, three hundred births, and she understands sort of where the uh, the the labour's at and um, can support you. And then also little things like when contractions are coming, uh, you're trying to do things in the background and get organised or go to getting organised at the hospital, and you know someone's there with your wife or your partner. So very very highly recommended. Um, How do you source them? Uh, we just found one through our friend. We just we we didn't really know what they were. Doulas.com. Yeah. So uh, well, ours is Helena from Dreambirth. She was amazing. She's a yeah incredible woman, and uh, I've never heard of them. Yeah, so it, we 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 hadn't as well beforehand, but we started talking to people, and that's what they sort of recommended, and we went down that route, and I yeah would um highly highly recommend it. Um, so labour went into we were doing um sort of as natural as possible, but to start off with, um, laboured for about twelve hours. Things weren't sort of progressing, so we ended up going to the hospital, um, and ha- having a um, what are they called? A tap in the back. Um, um, that's that uh, epidural. Epidural. <laughs> epidural. Thank you. Sorry. A tap in the back. <laughs> a long needle. <laughs> my, <laughs> my contribution today will simply just be like a couple little corrections. <laughs> I couldn't think of it for the last. Jacob's week. here with his uh, yeah. dictionary. He's the medic, medical <laughs> practitioner in the room. Yeah. Anyway, the um, so everything was going well. The first uh, twelve hours is the most beautiful thing that I've actually ever experienced with Ashby. We. Uh, laboured at home for a while um, in the lounge room and it was quite uh, unreal because when a woman goes into labour, they go into this primal um, being and they go really internal um, and it's just, uh, it's an amazing energy to feed off and be there and experience. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's so hard to explain, but it's one of the most amazing feelings I've ever, ever experienced. And so Going, moving forward to the hospital, we've had an epidural. Uh, things weren't progressing as quickly as possible, uh, which you'll find out in a, in a minute why. Um, and then, uh, so we're using synthetic drugs to bring on the contractions and, and uh, help it all along, which is good. Got to about 8 p.m. that night. So we're about 22 hours in now, uh, which is pretty normal, I think, for a first birth apparently. Um, and everything was still going slow, but we're still hitting our marks of sort of where we should be. The head was head position wasn't in the greatest position, but that's fine. Um, went to the uh, push stage, which is um, probably the one of the the most uneasy parts of the labour because um, your your wife is really deep in the primal. So your partner um, is is really deep in the primal stage of labour, and um, it's you think that they're in a lot of pain, which they are, but it it isn't as well. So the contractions are just doing their thing, um, and that's where you really feel helpless. You know, the the prior twenty two hours, you can really be involved and be in there and and massaging her back and that sort of stuff. But in this push stage, there's really no, there's nothing that you can do. You just hold hands and 
and um, you know, whisper whisper things into her ear that you're there and you're going to support her. Um, so anyway, progressed. Um, turned out that our little boy was uh, ten pounds, and uh, in kilos that's four point five six kilos. So that's ninety ninth percentile in the weight. Um, so you you can get bigger, but it's it's pretty big. Um, and uh, if anyone knows Ashby, she's uh, only very very little. So uh, when a big thing tries to come out of a little person, you're gonna have a few issues. So uh, he he got stuck. Um, didn't went without oxygen for about ten minutes, uh, which is a big deal. Um, and so he was eventually um, he we eventually got him out. So um, vaginal birth, which is fantastic. Um, in the end, well, once once he's in the birth canal, uh, it has to come out vaginally. You can't uh, go cesarean. So. Uh, once, once the push stage, the yeah. Once the push stage is <laughs> has done, no, you can't. <laughs> I'll tell you, this so, is a comedy. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I'll move this along. Um, the one thing that I popcorn. The, yeah, the one thing I, I learned from the birth is that um, communication prior to the birth is the most important thing possible. But what, what so, so specifically? I mean, some of that stuff you're not going to know how to communicate. So, what are you communicating? You, you have to know what your wife, your partner, uh, wants, wants in order of preference because they're, they're in no mind to really make good decisions. So Ashby had an episiotomy, so that means where they cut her mm. to allow um, Farley to come out, being 10 pounds, that's sort of what, what was needed. Um, and she was blatantly against it from word go till in the end I stepped in and I said, yes, just do what you need to do because I actually gauged from the doctors their urgency when they came to us a second time and said we really need to do this so I knew her stance on it but then I actually was in the right mind of going well I can sense their urgency I can understand uh, Ashby's views on this but I think we really need to go with the you know the health practitioner's advice on this one you know so you're sort of the advocate um because they're so distracted by the moment and they're so like, like you said, like in focus kind of on exactly their task and getting through it. You kind of have, you're there and you're as I guess um, present as you can be. And you've got the opportunity to, when you've had that conversation beforehand, go through like your, like we had like a lot of people come in with a birth plan, but the biggest thing I learned, even do that stuff. There's so many fucking variables. Yeah, so exactly. the biggest thing I learned before we went in even the first time was don't necessarily have a plan, just have like <laughs> birth preferences. Kind of yeah. when kind of everything going well, here's how we would like things to go. Once these sort of triggers happen, kind of here's our preferences or our, our order of um, like with uh, uh, Henry's birth, our first boy. We kind of wanted everything to be as natural as possible. Um, went through the labor, got to the point where and it was just a, taking a little bit longer. Ains would be pushing for a couple of hours and they kind of wanted to start speeding things along. I don't think he was in distress or anything yet, but they just kind of were starting to get a little impatient. Um, and things kind of, they went, cool, we got to go and get the, like you got options for um, either a vacuum or the forceps. forceps, which is kind of like, it's like salad server paddles um, <laughs> and tongs pretty much that's essentially medical tongs to pull them out um there's no better way to describe it um and we well, went cool well, the vacuum though, gives them the cone head too so you gotta be careful yeah. yeah so we kind of opted like that was just what our um obstetrician preferred she went for the vacuum 
most of the time the vacuum, the episiotomy is just part of the process. So, and those kind of things were starting, like I was like, oh shit, this is, these are things I hadn't even thought about. Kind of in, your mind starts shooting ahead, like what's the impact on your wife or your partner going to be? How are they going to recover? What's the impact on the baby, et cetera? Um, we, the, we sort of ranked it sort of like, okay, um, natural birth, number one, would love that. Uh, then it's sort of next thing was vaginal birth, you know, would love to actually have that. Um, and then it's, you know, sort of like mum and baby safe and, and healthy. Yeah. So like if cesarean has come, has to come, that's fine. But we knew, you know, like <laughs> Justin's thinking here, I'm going to take some fucking notes. Yeah. yeah pretty much. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm listening. Um, I'm listening. And I'm thinking 19 years well, ago, I don't think I ever bloody did any of that stuff. Well, and that's it. Like it's, it's, but, but don't, don't you just defer to the doctors? A little bit, but because we have such great access to research and courses and... Google doctors. Google, essentially. You can go into it a lot better prepared than people did, say, a generation ago. And, um, and where we gave birth, King Edward's Memorial. So that's public hospital in but Perth, that's, that's Australia. The, 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 if there's any issues anyway, you would have ended up there. Exactly. Well, yeah. we, we ended up with one of the gold team yeah. um, obstetricians. But the, they are so pro-vaginal uh, birth. So their cesarean rate is thirteen percent, which is quite incredible when they get all the hard cases. Uh, so they're very pro doing natural the natural way, but there's so many different avenues you can do it naturally. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's really well. Like if I can give advice on that, is to be educated on those different avenues and then you know rank them in preference. And then when you're talking, because you as a male uh, generally have the right mindset within that situation, yeah, he's sleep deprived, but your wife's going uh, either drugged up or she's going through a tremendous um, experience, you can make those decisions for the both of you, for her, uh, knowing full well what you've ranked in preference prior to the birth. Yeah, we get number two. First, one more yep. on the birth. Uh, I am the biggest queasy person ever. You know, like blood and stuff, you know, freaks me out. But if you get the opportunity to go down and have a look, holy shit, go down and just check it out. Because I like, uh, no, oh, see that's the advice I wouldn't be giving anyone. Nah, <laughs> like what I, walk, I walked, I walked past there by accident because um, they they, they um, <laughs> by accident by accident. How can you walk past I by walked, accident? What the fuck? Yeah. Why are you not up the head end and giving so support? Jacqueline, went, Jacqueline decided to become a, a, a bugger and um, and reverse herself out of the the um, the. Breach process or whatever they well, she was the birth canal she got stuck well she didn't get stuck she was in the wrong position yeah and so they ended up um, doing an emergency Caesar which is fine no drama I mean it was just you know the the way they were going about it anyway um, and so they put a curtain up so I didn't see the the guts in that get opened up um, oh, well. and and then I went and that's that's a well, it's a bit That's different. A it's different. a bit different seeing a, a stomach, you know, cut through to a head just coming out of a vagina. You know, like well, yes and no, mate. I mean, <laughs> guts guts hanging out is very very different. I, I see. Funnily enough, I'm almost the opposite. Like I, like I, I kind of really hoped it wouldn't end up with a cesarean, and we were quite fortunate that both times um, it was natural, but. Had it gone to Sarah, I would have been like, "Oh, that's interesting." Like, I kind of like medical stuff, and I would have peeped over and be like, "Oh, that's kind of gross." <laughs> however, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking at that. However, so. with the natural birth, I was like, "No, I'll stay down like Ainsley's side. I'll kind of like out of sight, out of mind." Um, and I don't know. I just I 
I thought about it and we discussed it and I was like, I, I'm more than happy not to see that. So I can kind of, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And you find both consider, ways. Yeah. Consider your options. Some it's say very, like it's the best very, thing very, they've ever experienced. Carefully. Others say like, it oh my God, it ruined my sex Consideration life. Consideration between. <laughs> All right, number two. Uh, the first three months. Like freaking butcher. <laughs> number two. The first three months is about the mother and the baby. Uh, this is this is probably um, the one thing that I didn't understand going into this whole process. Um, as much as I did, I thought I thought I understood it, but uh, I re- I really didn't. Um, so basically, uh, your role is to support, feed, water, clean, um, mum because uh, mum needs to be as healthy as she can to support baby, especially if you're breastfeeding. So uh, four and a half months in, um, Ashby's still solely breastfeeding. Um, which is uh, pretty incredible. Um, so, given the monster of a kid you got, yeah, well, that's it as well. So, and she's only little, so I didn't, I didn't. We will. We'll you get, supplementing that? No, we'll get, we'll get to that right. sort of stuff um, in in a little while um, because it. Um, oh, the the mindset of the woman, you know, you, you don't actually under you you don't realize the, th- the stuff that they worry about. Um, you know, is she feeding, um, is she getting enough milk to feed Farley? Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. It really plays on their, their mind and their, um, their confidence. And so you, you're really there to support, um, feed mama. Um, you know, the house can wait, you know, all that sort of crap that can all wait. It's really, um, to, to support mum as much as possible. Uh, so I would say you know, it's probably harder in the last month. The first two months, you just go into uh, a paternal mode and, and you really just switch on and you just go, oh, well, this is what needs to be done. But the last month, you know, things are becoming back to normal and normality is sort of hitting and you're sort of going, oh, well, is my life getting, uh, am I, your, your ego starts talking to yourself and, and it's like, well, all right, well, I've given so much now. Do I kind of get a little bit of love back? Um, you know, so my love language is quality time and touch, you know, it's like, well, I just want some touch from my wife or, you know, some quality time, but you realize you can't actually get that still. So you really just got to understand that, um, and know that it's going to come back, but you just have to process it and be okay with it not being there for a little bit longer. You're going to say something, Conrad? No. No? You're okay. Um, did you find that Jacob? Did you find that sort of the first three months were, were tough on you? emotionally not getting I don't know I guess your your love language may be a little bit different than mine but I I didn't really get any of that from Ashby so I struggled especially in the last month yeah I found that quite a bit like I think one of my love languages is definitely touch as well and in those early stages um one they've just gone through probably the most or they've 100% been through the most demanding physically emotionally and mentally experience I've ever had they've also been very exposed and raw and vulnerable through the pregnancy and especially through the birth and they're kind of very they've also like Ainsley was going through a process of kind of getting used to her post-birth body and kind of and also they're feeding and they're just they're more or less in demand 24 7 so there's a, a term you learn pretty on called being like touched out where they just all day they're the um, child is demanding they're feeding they're all over them and they just kind of don't really want to cuddle you and you kind of don't need to, you, you really don't want to take that personally. Just go, well, this is just a phase. It's not that they don't love you or they love you any less. It's just that that's just not a priority. And 
amongst all the feeding and other things like their sole priority is just your child keeping them kind of healthy and well and it's very easy while they're tired and etc to not forget you but just to push you down to number two for a while while they kind of focus purely on what they're doing and I think if you're used to being in a couple where you get a hundred percent of their attention and their love and their um, their time, then having that um, having to share that can just take a little bit of adjustment. Yep. Uh, number three, sex life. So this kind of rolls on from the second one. Um, well, naturally, you know, the first eight weeks is going to change anyway. I just think they um, they say don't uh, don't bother having sex for the first two months. Um, and just touching on uh, Jacob's points where uh, <laughs> they're getting touched out all day. They, yeah. they don't want to touch you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I found that uh, the male sex drive um, comes back a little bit quicker than the females for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, so especially I found like the first, um, the, first, the first four weeks of having Farley um, was just hazy. Oh, the first three weeks really and the, the fourth week started to be come a little bit normal again but just sort of so hazy you don't even know what what weighs up or down so it's kind of the last thing they think of um but the back end of the three months you you as a male kind of get more into a routine you, you understand where uh the fa- what the family is doing and that sort of stuff and but the the mum will still won't want to touch you with a 10 foot pole and that's that's completely normal yeah so i wouldn't um i, I wouldn't worry too much and it's very easy to, like during the first, especially the first week at the hospital, it's real obvious that they've just had this huge experience and they're recovering. As you start to get home in week two, three, four, they just kind of go about day-to-day life and you almost start to, I guess, forget what you went through. You start to think, oh, I'm like maybe they're kind of, like you don't have any idea of recovery. It's not like when you see someone with a, a knee injury or something and it's real obvious that they're kind of stumbling and then all of a sudden they're walking fine you don't have a very good gauge of like how they're recovering, how they're feeling. And, and most women are very strong. They'll put on that kind of know everything's fine. They get on with life. The baby's the priority. So it's kind of hard to gauge when is the appropriate time to begin that courtship. You've essentially got to go through the process of wooing and re-engaging with your partner. Well, body image is such a massive thing for females and especially post baby. You know, I, think, I know that's uh, a massive concern for a lot of women. Um, oh, it's one of the issues that I had to deal with with uh, with Jack's mum, who who went into about a postnatal depression um, around stretch marks and stuff. So it's very real, and and like fuck, as a bloke, I had no idea. No, and, and you're you're her everything. You're there. You need to really affirm her in whatever language she needs affirmation in affirmation in about that. Um, I think that's one of the most important things. If you wants to still have a sex ha, ha, healthy sex life and that sort of stuff down the track. I think you really need to put the groundwork in to really make sure she feels loved from day one, um, you know, from birth, uh, that you still find her sexy, you're still attracted to her. You, I think there are really strong points of emphasis. Um, you know, you can't just expect after three months, okay, all right, well, let's go again sort of thing when you've really spent, you've invested no time in, in her to making her feel special like you did prior to having a child. It's Yeah, it's very important for me anyway. Yeah, 
What's the sausage down the hallway? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I thought we were going to get a food platter. Yeah. No, no, please don't talk. <laughs> anyway, uh, for anyone that doesn't know. I haven't eaten for five days, mate. <laughs> we, we write some notes before this and this was one of the notes. Um, so the first time we had sex um, after um, a child. Sorry, Justin, this is probably going to gross you out. Um, the first time <laughs> we had the, sex. If the other three parts or four parts haven't. Um, was... Uh, I actually genuinely thought my sex life had finished. I was like, holy shit, like this, <laughs> my sex life's over. Because, uh, well, well... The fact that, that Farley was uh, 10 pounds, I don't even know if your sex life's over, actually started, mate. The milkman's kid, that one is. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty <laughs> 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 Doesn't help that he's half black. What, Conrad, <laughs> what are you... <laughs> You've been around my house lately, mate. Um... No, uh, so gen- generally I thought my sex life was over. I was like, oh, it's a bit like a sausage down the hallway sort of thing. And you know, like, no one tells you this. It, I didn't realise that it takes six weeks post-birth for the woman's uh, organs to move back into place. So that's how long it takes. Like Because all, the, all their organs and stuff move to be able to uh, grow this baby within their, within their body. It's incredible. The, the human body is uh, an insanely amazing thing. Anyway, so uh, it was a bit like th- throwing a sausage down a hallway. If anyone, you can't touch the sides just to spell it out for you, Conrad. I, re- I reckon I'd, I'd be throwing a couple of googlies. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> ge- genuinely, um, I like it really worried me for, for a week or so. For a week or so after, it actually really worried me. And I didn't really want to talk to Ashby about it because... Um, you know, shit, like she's just given birth. This is the last thing that you want to worry her with, right? Um, and then eventually I had the conversation with her and she was actually fine about it. She wasn't too stressed. But um, the more time went on, the more normal stuff got. It, it went. So Fortunately, the, um, the human body is very... The got, got back to being the hallway. <laughs> the human body is very resilient. Like it's designed and has evolved to stretch and accommodate during the pregnancy, during the birth, and then go back to essentially the same way it was before. It just takes time. And yeah. I remember, especially when you've had um, some form of intervention, whether it be natural tearing or um, an episiotomy, there's there's scar tissue, there's stitches, etc., And it's just naturally just a little bit tender. Um, so I remember the first time it kind of, it was a very strange feeling because similarly it felt, very accommodating. However, choice of words. I can't remember. However, the well, but it also you. felt like the first time. Remember the, the maybe the first time you have sex and it's like a sausage it's very, It's the opposite. It's very. It's who like were a, you sleeping with? It's, <laughs> I don't know, someone who was similarly inexperienced. Um, Ainsley, believe it or not, and um, and. You have to go very slow. You have to be gentle. Like it's the, you take it like a first time. It kind of almost felt like that again. I had to be very slow and it was kind of for the exact same reasons. It's kind of, it's tender, it's sore, it's a new thing. You kind of have to almost yeah. begin I honestly again. can't imagine. I can't, I can't remember putting that much thought into it. Well, it genuinely I worried really, me. really, bad right now. Man, for like two, <laughs> two weeks after it, I was genuinely like, holy fuck, like what am I going to do? Like anyway, so, so to wrap up, Point three. You're, um, you're getting scared now, aren't you? 
Yeah. Well, to wrap up point three, this has um, been an interesting. But this, could, this could be a conversation given to you after this. <laughs> I but, got it right here. <laughs> but this is why I brought this up because there's so many things that yeah, you, no, you experience that is completely normal that most men go through. I feel completely never spoken about. To tell you the truth, I mean, because I've not given it any thought. <laughs> It's because you're not a new age man, Conrad. Well, I thought I was, but, and, but the, the stuff you guys are thinking about, I, I didn't. I, I must have taken for granted because, I mean, obviously it, the issue still existed then. It's not. This is not fucking new. No, it's not. Yeah. Well, the good news is that like like we're now three months. Like Noah's three months next week, and things are, um, like, essentially back to normal. I know that's quick by some some are a few weeks in and they're back to normal others it takes six months to even consider it there's there's a huge spectrum of experiences both times we were very fortunate and and within sort of five to six week mark it was kind of re kind of re-engaging and then um by now three months things are essentially fine so justin don't stress things <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway justin so, may not be stressing i am for him <laughs> so to recap our sex life um I think the the key takeaway for me is uh, give to give, not give to receive. So you need to give love to your wife uh, to make her feel special, make her feel sexy, appreciated, and um, you know don't expect anything from that because if you're if you're giving it and then going, well, fuck, why aren't you getting? Why aren't I? But isn't that just, isn't that just a life lesson anyway? I mate? think so. Yeah. I'm just tying it back to this. It's especially critical time to give without expectation. Yes, yes, very, 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 very much so. Because uh, the analogy I got told was uh, if your partner is breastfeeding, it's like she's running a marathon every day. That's the toll it takes on their body. So it's pretty it's pretty demanding on, on their body. Anyway, point four, uh, time. Uh, it becomes more valuable. This is sort of a, a given. Um, I think I had use this in the context because I own my own business and and um, play high-level basketball and and trying to um, fit everything in. So then I, um, what's it called, so spend enough time uh, with my family. Uh, and for me, uh, it's definitely changed my um, time preferences where I spend it, uh, spending more time at home I've never actually spent so much time at home in the last four months, um, but it's, it's such an incredible thing um, to to be in part of that journey. So, my little piece um, that I've really focused on in the last four months or the first three months of fatherhood is um, to be effective over efficient. Uh, it's really taken my life to the next level of no procrastination, um, actionable items that are really effective over efficient. Um, I think. Conrad, yes, you're going to say that's a life lesson as well. Uh, but having a child in the first three months, I think it teaches you that even more. And that's one thing I've taken out of the last three months is can anyone shed any light? Is that something – I know, Conrad, you focus on that in life anyway. Oh, um, but, but that uh, – I'll say to everybody, like so Jacqueline turns turns 19 on the 5th of August, um, and, I, and I will say she's been the biggest life teacher. Um, and – Part of it is prioritising what you do. No, I mean, shortly after Jack was born, about a year after Jack was born, I was separated from her mum and uh, and raised Jack in my time as a as a single dad. So, you know, time was even more scarce because in my in my because you didn't um, well, 
read the three first points. Well, clearly, I fucked you... up on the first three. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that, that part's a blur. The, the time part is real clear. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you do you do prioritise because it doesn't mean nothing. To me, nothing. Everything has to get done, right? It's just when you get it done, and so time with your your, your family, time with your children, should always take some level of priority. Um, but on the flip side of all of that, as they get older, um, and I and I can under, and I can speak from being a child as well as being a father. Um, of my dad used to work two jobs and stuff, so yeah, whilst I used to miss him and not necessarily understand him as a kid, as a as a parent, I I get it. So I think sometimes you've really got to you, you might go out of your way to try and make people understand why you're not around as much, but you've got to do what you've got to do, um, and you've got to honour yourself in the process and and trust that the learning will be there for the people around you. Well, that's what I was going to ask is like, uh, how have you balanced, I guess, the essence of potential, that guilt of maybe doing other things um, now that you've got a, got a child, you know, and, and doing your other responsibilities? Uh, basketball, that's one thing that uh, I've really grappled with over the past year uh, because that's a pure enjoyment thing for myself. So I almost feel, I almost feel a little bit selfish doing that uh, and not being there. Uh, and that's just conversations with Ashby and she fully supports me to do what I enjoy, but I have to trade something off, whether it's less sleep or slightly less time in the, in the business. Um, yeah, that I, I would say basketball was, has been a big one for me this year, um, to, to grapple with and understand that, yes, that is solely for me. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one to kind of work through in your own head. And I had a kind of similar experience this year where, um, Last year, I played a season of football. That was after Henry was born. And it was something I really wanted to pursue and really wanted to do. And Ainsley supported that. And it took a lot of time away from family. Whereas by the end of the season, I kind of realized I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve. I was pretty happy with the experience. And this season, I decided that with two boys especially, the timing wasn't right. Um, And I've just invested a little bit more time in the business um, instead knowing that the kind of long-term outcomes for our family is going to be more important at the moment I kind of have five and a half da- um, days a week in the business and one and a half days a week with family which is not an ideal long-term ratio but like you said Conrad I know that's that's what I'm doing short term and kind of medium term to set ourselves up for the future so is there an I- is there an ideal ratio or is that just that's just on the individual isn't ratio it? with what time time spent away? I think it's highly individual, and I think yeah. you, you know based on and I know I'm speaking from a, a, a resentful child not having his dad around to being a father having to lead a child. Um, so I, that's a, that's a spectrum I'm I'm speaking from. Um, you become the role model you, you you have right as a child, and then as the father. Um, you have to be the role model you want them to become. And I don't think there's an, any easy way to make the decision. I think it's a, it's a, it's a grapple on a day-to-day basis. Um, but what you have to keep very, very front and square of mind is what is it you're trying to produce um, and give them an opportunity to see that as often as possible because you become what you see. Because a lot of the time I hear as well as like you can spend, I guess, coming to quality time. Like, you know, there's that grapple between oh, spending a whole day with your mm. family versus you could actually, actually the kids don't, 
even care about you for half of that time mm. anyway because they want to do their own thing. And then it's that relationship between quality time and actual present time. Um, well, the flip on that, then you've got to also manage your relationship. Okay, I think so. You're right. I think the children are largely adaptable. Um, sometimes your partners may not be. Um, and I think that's the conversation that's really, really more important at times because that then becomes what your child is around as well, is whether your partner's supporting you doing that or not. And what I saw as a child growing up, so my mum was never resentful for my dad not being around because she knew what he, she, she, he was doing um, to provide for the family. Um, but being in a relationship, and like I said, you know, uh, Jacqueline's mother and I separated when Jack was one, um, there was I did the same thing my dad did. I went back to work real quick and, and having the, the birth of my daughter, um, who wasn't planned by the way, and then trying to react to that. Um, I went back and did what my dad did and that's went to work um, to provide and that wasn't acceptable. Um, so my role model um, was being my dad, which was okay for my mum, <clears throat> wasn't okay for me to be that to my partner. And I didn't think about communicating that. I just went into, you just go back into what you know. Yep. Um, all right, so fifth point, your relationship with your partner doesn't have to change. <laughs> oh, good flow. <laughs> Sorry. Um, now, if you listen to the previous podcast that this is the sequel, thank you, Jacob, um, <clears throat> you'll find out that uh, this is probably one of my biggest fears of having a child. Um you know, it's an ongoing battle. It's going your your relationship with your partner is going to change. That's just the way it is to a certain extent because there's someone else that takes up a lot of your time. Uh, going to the point of quality time, the time that Ashby and I have together, we make sure we're one hundred percent engaged in one another, rather than you know spending a whole day with one another and us doing two different things when we're together. We are 100% engaged in exactly what we're doing. So whatever little time we have. So we do little things like every time we get into bed of a night time, we just do one nice big cuddle for about five minutes and just talk to one another for a minute and then just cuddle and enjoy ourselves for just enjoy our cuddle. And that's one thing that we do every day notoriously regardless. Regardless if I'm asleep and she comes in after or if I'm she's asleep and I come in, we still cuddle. We just wake each other up and cuddle. So it's finding the little things uh, like that that have really um, that help us stay engaged to one another. We we're lucky in a unlucky I guess in a certain way with with the birth. So Farley uh, he got stuck and he actually had to be cooled. So it's to mitigate brain damage. Uh, so when they have um, no oxygen for a long period of time, the things like kidneys and brain. Um, can really suffer. So he, we didn't actually get to hold him uh, from so Saturday night when the uh, birth took place to Wednesday day, uh, Wednesday morning. So we didn't actually get to hold him. We could see him, but we couldn't touch him or hold him because he was being cooled to a certain level. So every night I got to stay at the hospital um, and every night Ashby and I would just debrief and really talk about our entire because um, the birth was pretty traumatic in the last couple of hours, or the last sort of half an hour. Um, it was pretty, it, w- it wasn't very nice. It wasn't the nicest experience I've ever, ex- ever gone through. But we got, we had the opportunity to debrief every night and we really connected on a whole nother level when you don't think that you could. 
And that's really carried on you know, to today. We still debrief on the birth and things like that because uh, it's so so important for us to communicate in that way. Otherwise, uh, if you're not setting time for one another, you're not um, you you will your relationship will change. Like we set things in our diary for date night. Uh, sometimes we actually put out a diary to have sex. I know that is very routinal, but like you, otherwise you can literally go four weeks and not even think about it. So we do for at the moment, that's what we need to, to invest in time into one another. Um, I don't know if that's different to you, Jacob. Like we really try to engage on micro level, um, you know, constantly throughout the day to have enough love for one another, sorry, that sounds wrong, to invest enough time into each other. Yeah, I find that was super important is that before you're only ever responsible for your love between each other and that was a relatively simple relationship. Once um, Once your child comes into the world, there's that third dynamic and you kind of think before you have the baby that that's gonna kind of dilute that love but it actually amplifies it. I found that you see your partner in a whole new way. You've seen them go through the pregnancy, the birth, the feeding, the nurturing and all of that. And it kind of makes you love them in a whole new way. And if you don't have respect for a woman or women, yeah, be a part of a birth. Like you just go next level for respect and love, yeah. don't you? Everything they like, your contribution versus the, the process they go through is just remarkable. Um, and also now you've kind of got this shared sense of, responsibility that you both work together as a team on um and now you've got like you don't want to call it a project but like it's a thing you get to work together on and problem solve (laughs) and kind of help each other out and use a sauna for it (laughs) (laughs) i think think (laughs) you get to um discuss and it's just a new thing that um as a couple you get to grow and expand on um and i found that that really nice as well yeah. All right. Two easy ones to wrap us up quickly. Uh, take help when it's offered. Uh, don't be too prideful or uh, egotistical. Life to, lesson. To, yeah. To literally take help when it's offered, especially in the first month. When someone wants to come over and clean, do not say no. Just go, yes, thank you. You know, if someone wants to come and cook or mow the lawn, just go, thank you so much you know like you can repay them later or they will get some get something uh, from someone else in the world uh but people just want to help uh because after six weeks eight weeks those helping offers kind of die down yeah Um, novelty's worn off so just just enjoy them while they last and really uh take your help when it's offered so justin uh life lesson (laughs) take help when it's offered Contain apartment. I won't. I won't mow your lawns. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick, Conrad. No, Make you some meals. Um, and uh, Conrad, um, Jacob, you're gonna love this one. Uh, being <laughs> being late is okay. Um, yeah, but for what reasons, Travis? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let me just elaborate. Uh, they're only young once, and they're only a newborn once, and they're you know, especially in the first three months. Enjoy the cuddles, enjoy the time that you have as much as you can uh, because they're the moments that are truly amazing. When they're sleeping on you, you know, skin to skin and you can feel their breath and their heartbeat, that's the thing that is uh, very, very rewarding for me. So 
being late is okay when you are enjoying those things. Um, don't, uh, yeah. That's a good point. Like, Sorry. <laughs> like we as a group have a breakfast every Thursday morning at 7am. Um, and Shit, don't try to justify that you're late every week. Well, you gave me, you gave <laughs> yeah. me the opportunity here. Um, but my son, Henry, wakes up at about 7 o'clock. So... Most, and I'd, I'd usually pretty much from a Tuesday morning to a Friday night, I don't see him. I start work at 6 a.m. I finish at 7.30 p.m. That's bef- before he wakes up and after he goes to bed. So for th- probably three, four days, I don't see him at all. I may as well be a, a FIFO parent. Um, so on a Thursday morning, if he wakes up around about quarter two to seven o'clock, I'm like, well, here's an opportunity to just quickly go in, grab him, say hello, give him a cuddle, get his breakfast out. And yeah, maybe I'll be... 25 30 minutes late to my breakfast but i kind of like you said justify that knowing that five minutes that i maybe wouldn't have had is he'll appreciate it i'll appreciate it and no one's gonna be too too stressed if i'm not there early because i'm a bit of a stickler for time and uh as you would know jacob so uh, i love being on time and that's one thing that's really chilled me out about time there's obviously times to be late and there's times to be Um, on like time, ninety percent of the time when I'm late, it's not because of the boys. It's just because that's me as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. Anyway, thank you for uh, dialing in for another episode of Simple Minds. I uh, hope you took something out of uh, our rambling, Justin. You were you were very insightful today. Yeah, um, I was uh, <laughs> contributed a lot. In his notebook. <laughs> yeah, I um, I felt like uh, the moth today. Uh, he was um, messaging V. Yeah. <laughs> He's going, holy shit! I was messaging, messaging my other kids. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that was really good, actually. I think, um, yeah, it's conversations that you just normally aren't exposed to. Um, so that was, half of that was super interesting for me. And, um, yeah. And well, yeah, I, I tried to bring some stuff to the table that I went through that was never normally really been spoken about or I was, I've been, um, I've, I've spoken to anyone about or heard. So, Well, I think, you know, which you kind of touched on with a couple of these last ones, they are life lessons and even relationship lessons, a lot of this, and you can start laying the foundations of these things well before you have kids. And you should, probably should before you go and have a child with with um, with someone. It's so. your biggest test. So anyway, don't let that scare you. Get out there and have fun. I don't, I don't yeah. think you acknowledge why uh, Mr. Um, oh. MJ... Adam is not present today. Shit, shit. Oh, I apologize. You know what? Driving here, I actually thought about my um, my opening few uh, lines. And you're just distracted by this, uh... <sighs> mate. And your good looks. I haven't seen you for too long. Uh, but Matt J. Hannum, he's uh, he's recently had a uh, little boy, Nicholas, uh, a week ago, wasn't it? Less than four or five days. Monday. Monday. Yeah. So five days old. So that's pretty incredible. So that's why uh, M. J. Hannum. Matt J. Hannum. Congrats, MJ. Yeah, congrats to him. And Don't be calling him MJ, mate. He's going to think he's Jordan. <laughs> anyway, if you <laughs> like Jackson. if you like the um, podcast, please review, please subscribe. Uh, thank you to the people that have been shout, um, touching base. Josh Fernandez, uh, Alex Guion, just to name a couple that have been uh, touching base with me personally. Um, love that you uh, reach out and tell me uh, what you think and... Uh, all the good bits and the bad bits. So anyway, we'll uh, see you next week and uh, bye for now. Thank you. See you. <laughs> oh, God, that guy. That's so gay, that sound. <laughs>